Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Kufiud Gimel in Maseches Yevamos. We'll start at the Gemara on Kufiud Bezam and Bez. Nice Mishnah. Andrew enjoyed it. He enjoyed the beginning, enjoyed the middle, enjoyed the end. That Mishnah discussed Cherish Shanasa Pikachas. How did we get into that? Well, or Pikachas, what's going on? Well, remember uh, we learned last week about Miun. So there's this concept of a Nisuin and a Kiddushin Derabanan, right? So what does that mean? So it means that the union is somehow different than the union between a typical alert, right, male and female, right? So if you have a Katana, for example, she doesn't have the same level of autonomy as a Gedola, right, as a mature uh, woman would, and therefore the Torah says that her father can, can marry her off, and in the absence of the father, the Rabbanon said that her mother and her brother can marry her off, and as we said, that union doesn't have the same hold as the one that the father, as if the father married her off, and that's how we got into the topic of Miun, right? That's how we got into the idea that that is not dissolved with a get, which is one of the litmus tests. You don't have to dissociate this marriage with an actual get mida orisa, but you could do this mion, which is mida rabbanan. Okay. So once you're talking about the katana, well, the cherish shota vekatan can't be too far behind. Do these people get married? So actually, one of the things that we'll discuss, and of course it's yevamos, so there's yevamos consequences, right? Because if a union is only darabanan, and then somebody dies childless, chas v'shalom, now have you established a union del Raisa through the Zika, uh, etc. So that's where it gets really interesting. But before we get to any of that, Argomar is not going to be discussing the Yavamos uh, section of it yet, right? So today we will not be discussing that. Today we'll be discussing more pragmatically, Andrew, halakhically, what's going on with the Cherish and the Shota. So one of the things that we'll talk about is the cognitive amount of awareness, cognitive awareness that you need to have. And as we'll see right away in the beginning of the Gemara, a Shota and a Cherish, it's not the same thing. And we'll describe what those are. But just to say briefly outside, a Shota is considered essentially out of it completely. And that union is going to be a zero new union. union. So meaning you're not going to need a gap, but you're not going to need anything. You don't need anything to dissolve. That's a marriage. It's not considered so... By our, now that we're experts in Yavamus, the way that we would say it, the litmus test for us would be, even if one were to fall to Yibum, there would be no need for Yibum, nor Chalitza. See how that works? Because there is no union whatsoever, right? As opposed to Cheresh, is considered a little bit different, and that's like the level of a Kitana sold by her mother, which would be a Derabanan, and then there may be a need for chalitza, albeit not yibum, right? You would not be able to do yibum, maybe there'd be a need for chalitza. But really, we're not gonna talk about the yibum chalitza yet. We're just gonna talk about the pragmatic aspect of different levels of das and the different level of union that they generate. So that, that's uh, one interesting aspect. And then the other aspect, uh, uh, last thing before we begin, ksubas. We're about to learn ksubas very, very soon. We're at the tail end, Barry. You almost made it. I know. Hadron Yavamas. You can't wait to do it again. The um, Ksuba is an interesting thing. And this is where it gets really pragmatic because I'll already give it away, even though we're not learning Ksubas yet. What is the institution of a Ksuba? So that's a disincentive to the extent that the marriage is going to be a contract, right? Where the wife gets supported. We do not want 
the husbands to be able to just get rid of wives willy-nilly. And therefore, we're going to say, okay, we're going to disincentivize a divorce and we're going to say there's going to be a severance package here called a ksuva. Okay? So if you're going to have a severance package, you're not going to get rid of them so quickly. But what about the cherish and the shotach? So as we'll see, when it, came, when it comes to a cherish, Chazal instituted, well, we want these people to be able to get married. So now maybe we should ch- take away that ksuva uh, requirement, that severance pay requirement in order to incentivize a wedding, right? To incentivize that they should be able to get married. So as we see, it gets actually very pragmatic, right? This is not, we're not talking about a mitzvah versus an avera, right? Where this is not isr vehet or anything like that. This is actually in the momentous deal of the contract, the uh, extent that the um, union is a financial contract, when do we incentivize or disincentivize with Ksuba accordingly? And so with that, we will now begin with the Gemara, which says, Amar Rami Barchama, our famous Rami Barchama, Shir Schmidtman's PhD thesis was about Rami Barchama. Mai shna cheresh vechereshes, the takinu lehu rabbanu nisuin, mai shna, the shota veshota, the lo takinu lehu rabbanu nisuin. And there right away we're going to see the difference between a cheresh and a shota. So, the Tanya, so, and as we see, the Cherish does have an Yisun Rabbanan, as we just described in our intro, but the Shota has Lotakin Rabbanan Yisun, there's no Nisuin, it's not considered to be a wedding whatsoever, that's not a union whatsoever. And to illustrate that, we have the following price of the Tanya. Shoita v'katan shenasu nashim umesu, right? So if you had a Shoita or a Katan, a minor boy, is different than the Katana. See, so that's interesting, right? The Katana, the Durabanan protected. And they said there's going to be Kiddushin Derabanan. But right away we're seeing a Katan is different. Right? Nishosein says the Brisa, Peturos min hachalitsu min yibum. So that's the litmus test means no Nisuin at all. Right? So that's, so in that sense there's a distinction there between a Katan and a Katana. The male Katan isn't supposed to be getting, what's he doing getting, why does he need to get married? Barry, he's got a pile of resumes already waiting for him, him to be a Gadol. Right, there's a shidduch crisis. So he's got this pile of resumes. He doesn't need to get married now. He has no need for that. The katana, you need to protect financially. Okay, so therefore Chazal made no such uh, right. They made no such takana by a katan that that the, there should be a nisuin derabanan. So and similarly, a shotez. We'll see why by a shotez different than a cheresh. So katan and shotez, they're in the same boat. Those guys should not be getting married at all, and therefore the nisuin is not. At all going to be chal, there'd be no chalitza nibum. So now what the Gemara is asking is, let's put the katan for a side a minute. Why is the shota different than cheresh? Says the Gemara, cheresh vechereshas, the kaima takanta derabanan. Where there is a rabbinic marriage, takinu lerabanan nisuin. So what does it mean, the kaima takanta derabanan? It means that if you were to make, as we do, a takana derabanan that they should get married, that marriage can exist. That's what it means. Kaima takana derabanan means that takana of derabanan of getting married will be able to be perpetuated. How so? Because a cheresh, which we're start, starting to like zero in on what a cheresh is, right? Okay, so you'll say deaf mute. It's there's some deficit there, okay, but it's a low grade deficit. There's a low grade cognitive deficit or communication deficit where, not low grade, 
uh, is maybe the, the wrong word. It's consistent. In other words, what you, you know what you're going to get, right? You know that there's a deficit, but you could even marry a cherish and a chereshet, and that union could last, okay? They could actually uh, continue to stay married, and you can imagine them continuing to stay married. It may not be the full level of communication that, that, you, uh, that you see with two pikechs, but it is some lasting union. However, shota v'shota, the lokayim at the kanta darabana. But shota and the definition of a shota, it's fascinating. There's, I think, I think Ari Leibowitz, a great Dafiomi master, says that it's really fully defined in Croesus. Um, that in the beginning of Croesus, where it just talks about, or maybe that was three cognitive uh, uh, levels. Yeah, I think that's where he said it's it's officially defined. That is a fascinating. He mentioned the rush. It mentions three different things that a shota might do, right? It might hang out in a cemetery, you know, uh, laugh at the same joke five times. I'm just kidding, but uh, that second one I was kidding. But, but the cemetery one is real. There are examples of what would make one a shota. What stood out for me, for what Ari Elibut said, was what the Rambam holds, which is some people are going to say, okay, all the three things brought up in the Gemara, do you need only one of those three things to become a shota? Does it have to be all three things? Some people are very formulaic about it. The Rambam says, why dafka these three things? Like a shoyta is a shoyta, meaning if somebody completely erratic does wild things that are unpredictable and are clearly just out there, right? Like off the chain. So if, if they're off the reservation, as Andrew would say, so then, then that's a shoyta, says the Rambam, okay? So we'll go with that definition. So what, what's the point of that definition? It's, it's, it's completely unpredictable, erratic, wild behavior. Like, ain't nobody home, right? There's nobody to talk to, to communicate. So that is not, that's what the Gemara means when it says, the that is not something that you could predictably say is going to last, right? We don't know where this is going at all. And therefore, Chazal did not make a for such a union. They can't condone such a union because it could be causing more harm than good. It's going to be nuts, okay? So that is the ain, as the uh, phrase goes in olden days, the way they would say that is the ain adam dar im nachash achas. Yeah, you don't share a basket with a snake as a roommate because the snake is unpredictable. You don't know what's going to go on, right? So that's playing with fire is another way of saying it, right? You're, you're going to put them in a position that's untenable, and therefore there was no such rabbanon for shota, and thus this difference between a shota and a cherish with respect to a derabbanon institution of marriage. And therefore, with regards to the shota, lo tekinu rabbanon, nisuin. Good. So that's the cherish and the shota. Says the Gemara, katan lo tekinu rabbanon nisuin, so we already discussed this, but now we'll spell it out. So we said the, the shota is unpredictable. What about the cotton versus the rabbanon? We said it outside already. Let's read it inside. The cherish, obviously, of the three, the cherish shota v'katan, turns out it's only the cherish that's going to have a rabbanon wedding. Right? The cotton and the shota will not. Why not? Cherish, says the Gemara, delo asi lechlan nisuin, takinu rabbanon nisuin. Right? A cherish will never have an actual Nisuin Deoraisa. Uh, another way of saying it is, it's kind of a little bit of a backwards way of saying it, but another way of saying it is, it's never going to get better for the Cherish, right? So to speak. I mean, he could, maybe, maybe me- medically it will one day get better. But so long as this individual is a Cherish, right, it's going to always be this state, right? They have nothing 
so to speak, to that we're waiting for that's going to change the state that we could predict. Okay, and therefore we say, you know what, we can't condemn you to a life. Uh, you know, since you are in some way marriageable, we can't condemn you to a life with no marriage. And therefore, we made it to Kanan Darabanan, where there is potentially a marriage. However, he's going to grow up. And therefore, we are going to say, it's almost like a Dovashiational Matirin. Remember from Masechus Beitza, right? We're going to be more Machmir, right, on the Beitza, where we know that you could eat it tomorrow. So here, we're going to be more Machmir on the Katan. Why get married now? Get married after your Bar Mitzvah. Okay. The Hare Katana. Okay, but the katana, the asul klal nisuin. Hey, but we have the institution of katana. Why aren't we machmer and her? Why do we let her get married? Why do the rabbanon have a marriage on a katana as opposed to a katan? Right, the asul klal nisuin. Because after all, she can wait till her bas mitzvah to get married. But the kinu rabbanon nisuin, and yet the rabbanon did make an institution of nisuin while she was still a katana. So says the gemara. Obviously, hasam shloin haguba min hagefker. Which Rashi explains uh, what it means. The last Rashi on Kufi Beis Amid Beis, right? That if we don't marry her, nobody's going to watch over her. We're doing this to protect her both physically and financially from, um, right, from being violated or being taken advantage of. And of course, the katana needs this kind of protection, unlike the katan, and therefore, uh, which is very, again, pragmatic, we understand that the katan does not need this takana derbana, and the katana certainly does need derbana's protection, okay? Now the Gemara says, Okay, so now we've talked about Katana, and she gets a Darabonon. And now we know that of the Cheresh or the Katan, it's the Cheresh or the Cheresh that gets a marriage Darabonon. But what's fascinating is um, that a Katana can reject her marriage, as we've discussed already uh, last week, through a Mun. She doesn't need a Get. But the Cheresh, it sounds like Mun doesn't work. She can't reject it. Wow. So she would need a real, which is another way of saying it is, a katana that we put into a marriage has the power to initiate the, 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 the solution of the marriage. But a chereshis does not have, she's not given that authority to initiate. She would have to wait for the husband to dissolve the marriage. So why so? The Imkain, as we arrive at Kufi Gimel Medalf, and Andrew gives me the stink eye, Mim'ane velo nasbilei. That's the point. And that's where we get really pragmatic, right? As Rashi explains, there we go. A man, this is where we get into the disincentive. A man doesn't need much incentive to marry a katana because he knows she's going to grow up. He's robbing the cradle, so to speak, but it's an investment, right? She's going to get older, he's going to have a wife, and it's going to be a great life. A chereshes, so we are more concerned to marry her off, right? She's lower on the shidduch resume bottom for some people, right? And therefore, we're going to say, you know what? If you marry her, she's not going to be able to do meun, right? You will, ha- if you, you will have the option, so to speak, of refusal. She will not have that option of refusal. She's, and we're being fair to her, really, even though we're taking away that option of refu- refusal, like, she doesn't have that many options. Beggars can't be choosers, so to speak. And therefore, we take away her option of refusal in order to make her more, right, uh, marriageable. Okay. And so we're doing her a favor, and that's where Chazal have to balance those considerations. Okay. 
Now, what about So once we're on topic of let's get granular here. So when they're living, fascinatingly, a katana can eat truma with her husband, but a chareshes cannot. That seems weird. Why would a chareshes not? She's, she's a basi Yisrael, that's a chareshes. She's married to a coin. She can't eat truma. How do we know that? It's not. Because we learn in the Mishnah. The Mishnah is actually in Gittin, of all places. Hey, Rabbi Yochanan ben Gudgada, ala chareshes she see via. Right, Rabbi Yochanan ben Gudgada testified that the chareshes was married off. Okay, because mind you, again, just like a katana needs somebody to marry her off, the chareshes is not considered to have enough cognitive ability to marry themselves off, right? As we said, you need to have, uh, and we'll see the difference between Gerishin and Gittin with respect to that. That played out massively in our mission also, right? When it comes to Kiddushin, there has to be a reciprocal das, right, by the man and the woman. When it comes to Gerishin, only the man really needs to have the full das, the woman might need to know just on some level what's going on, as we'll see. But but we're not going to but but not going to have the same level of das anyway. So the Mishnah says that if her father married off the chereshes, she also beget. So there we go. She she can be uh, right. She's divorced with the get. Right. So we're going to discuss both of these aspects. But what the, what's going on here right now is the contrast between the two. We're assuming that they're mutually exclusive. In other words, that the Chereshas is Yotza Beget and the Katana is not Yotza Beget. Okay. And the Katana, that's Ochelet Betruma, and the Chereshas is not Ochelet Betruma. So it's based off of a, right, an inference, a diuk, in that mission and Gittin, that we're assuming that whereas a, a Katana can eat Truma, the Chereshas cannot. But the Gemara is not so convinced by this deal. Says the Gemara, But a Chereshes can't eat Truma? Why? Says the Gemara, Because, Yeah, because we have a Gezeira, maybe if the Kohen is a Cheresh, is going, is going to feed Truma de Arisa to his Cheresh wife. What's the problem? Says the Gemara, why can't these cherishes eat truma? It's just like, you know, if the babysitter accidentally gave, right, the toddler, chas uh, v'shalom, something trafe to eat, right? So, okay, you, you know, metama, the, the nefesh chas v'shalom and all these things, but at the end of the day, you're not, you're not the is the, the not going to bring korban for that, right? Korban chatas for that. It's not considered technically an avera. So similarly here, they're cherish. They don't really have the cognitive responsibility of mitzvahs and averus. So like, what would be the worst if they ate room? It's not what you want, but why do you have to make a gazera to protect it? It's not really an averus. Says the Gemara, gazera shemer yachel cherish b'rikachos. No. But what if you have a cherish male who marries a, right, totally alert, bas Yisrael, a male kohen cherish who can't really uh, eat the truma but, and therefore he is not really allowed to feed his fully cognitively aware wife, the Truma, who's a Bas Yisrael, and yet, right, he might do so. And therefore, whenever there's a Cherish involved, this is the one case where it could really be a problem. That one case that we just described, the Cherish male calling. Uh, right. So when you have that case, it is for that reason that we say all across the board, if anybody's a Cherish, we're going to make a Gezerah Darabonah. Don't touch this Truma because we could get into that problem. 
And therefore, that's why a cherish cannot eat truma. Wow. But the Gemara says, wait a minute. Again, that idea of the cherish, right? He's only not allowed to eat truma, right? That's truma daraisa. But he, even he's allowed to eat truma darabanan. So the question is, the iser on him would only be darabanan. And therefore, maybe the wife should be allowed to eat truma darabanan. So there the Gemara says, So it's true that the worst that can happen is that she's over an iser darabanan. Therefore, why are we not allowing this this all to happen because of an issue of a Durabanan concern, not a Duraisa concern. Uh, well, meaning if she, if she ate Truma Durabanan, it would be okay. That's the point. And our only concern is if she ate Truma Duraisa. So why, Tak, are we not letting her eat Truma Durabanan? Because she might come to eat Truma Duraisa. Ask the Achronim, this, uh, what about, is this a Gezerah la Gezerah? In other words, we're not going to let any Cherishes eat any Truma. Because this one Durabanan, which is a Durabanan, uh, right, which is this one issue that, and, and we're not even going to eat, let them eat, not only we're we not going to let them eat Truma, we're not even going to let them eat Truma Durabanan. That smells a little bit like a Gazera la Gazera, but it's not, for fundamental reasons that we will not discuss, that the Achoram discuss. So, whereas this looks like a throwaway over here, it actually enlightens some and informs some of the, uh, much of the discussion about the nature of Gezerah versus Gezerah la Gezerah right over here. Uh, so under the radar, but we, but Rabari Leibowitz brought it up. Okay, so be that as it may, we do make this Gezerah. It's not considered a Gezerah la Gezerah, and therefore the Cheirish does not eat Truma, whereas the Katan does. Okay. Another difference between a Katana and a Cheirish is Maish na Katana de Islake Suva, Maish na Cheirish de Islake Suva. Can you taste it, Barry? Subas around the corner. So why would a katana, again, so the katana is going to have a right to ksuba. If you, if you divorce a katana, you're going to give it to her. A chareshis you not. So that's where we discussed. Imkain, mim anevilo naspila. Yeah. A katana is much more marriageable. A chareshis, you need to incentivize that marriage. And therefore, we're going to say, you know what? If you will have the right, my man, you will have the right of refusal and you won't have to pay severance of ksuba. How do we know the katana doesn't get that katana gets a ksuba? Ask the gemara. Katana minalan deis like ksuba de tanan. That is a mishnah in ksubas one hundred. Here we go. Coming attractions. Hamema enes vehashni of aylanis. Okay. Hamema uh, enes is what they're calling a minor girl over here who uh, obviously was sold by her father, uh, her mother rather, or her brother. And the shnia, as we've already discussed, the shnia leirayis. That's discussed in Yuvamas over here in the islandist. She is sterile. Ain lahin ksuba. They don't get a ksuba. Right? Ava yotza beget. Right? So what we talked about is, that well, obviously, the memaendis is also yotza bemiyun. But the point is that they, these are women that we are incentivizing, and they may not have ksuba for different reasons. We're about to learn ksuba, so we don't have to get granular now. But the point is that they go at beget. Uketana yesh laksuba. So as opposed to Mima Enes, who doesn't get a ksuba, the katana does get a ksuba, and it is from there. In ksubas that we learn, that a katana does, in fact, uh, get a ksuba, and as we said, the chareshis does not. How do we know that? The chareshis minon delays the ksuba. How do we know? The tanya, that's a brisa. Cheresh v'shota shenosu pikchos. If you, let's say, have a male cheresh or a male shota, they marry pikchos. Now, mind you, we already talked about the difference between a cheresh and a shota. The shota is going to be garnished mit garnished. It's not going to really count as a, as a wedding, but let's see. 
But oh, Barry was giving me the look before he said, you know, they can get better. Bezrat Hashem. So what happens in that situation? You have the Cheresh. He marries a, what we'll call a fully healthy cognitive woman. And then he actually heals. Oh, the Shota also could heal. Their wives are going to have no claim to Ksuba. Because why? Because it's going to be determined based on what the husband's status was at the time of the marriage. Ratzulik, right? Because again, they don't need, they, they don't need the incentive. However, Ratzulakaiman. But if after the males, right, who were either Cher Shashota, did in fact heal, and then after they wanted to continue to get to retain their marriages, to keep the marriage alive, and continue to live as both, you know, cognitive male and female. So yesh lahem ksuba mona. So then, of course, then the women are going to get the ksuba. Ah, right. So, right. In other words, <laughs> right. In other words, when, when you have a cherish or shota male, we're going to say, uh, right. So you say the females are going to, they don't need uh, as much, right? We don't need, we don't make the, the males, but they don't need the same kind of incentive. But once they want to get married as cognitive, because they're going to stick around no matter what, right? But once they're in a position where they have their wits about them, then we're, we're more afraid that they're going to get rid of the woman. And then we're going to say, no, 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 there's going to be a severance pay here. Interesting, right? However, the converse, but if the male is always cognitively there and the woman is a shota, so afilu katabla me'amana, so there, okay, they don't need to write a ksuba. Because, again, we want to incentivize those, we- those marriages in order to marry off, let's say, the chereshes. So because of that, they don't have to pay ksuba, but they could volunteer one. So that's what he's doing here. Even if he volunteered, and therefore he wrote, right, a, uh, um, a contract, like a prenup, in that, ca- in that case. Don't worry. You know, don't worry, Shefla. I don't have to pay you, but I'm going to pay you money anyways. It, uh, and the family feels good about it and everything like that, but he's not high to do so. But if he were to, to write it and commit himself to that, so then ksuba kayemes, right? Ksuba, that, such a ksuba would be valid. Rashi explains, it's not, uh, it's not literally. sounds like he has some sort of like, um, right, uh, self-destructive financial gene where he's just like trying to give it away like a drunken sailor. It doesn't really mean that he's trying to self-destruct financially. It just means he wants to be generous and to, in other words, he is volunteering it. That's all that means. He's volunteering to make an investment even though he doesn't have to. He's willing to accept that financial loss, so to speak, because he wants to make it, right? He wants to be generous in this way. Says the Gemara. However, he doesn't have to. Time of the Ratzah. That's because that's what he wants to do. Halo But if he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to give a ksuba, right? So again, when the male is cognitively there, he doesn't have to volunteer a ksuba to the Cheresh or Shota. And again, the reason for the Takanas Chazal is very pragmatic. It's because if we had forced him to give one, perhaps he wouldn't marry and we're trying to marry off this Cheresh's because she too deserves that life, okay, to be married and be taken care of. Gemara therefore asks, So again, if you have a pikachas to a cheresh, okay, the woman is cognitively there, the man not. Maybe she should get a ksuba. Because after all, she is a pikachas, right? And so, 
it, what, what, don't we want, in other words, she is a pikachas, which means she's high on Karen Traub's list. She's an all-star shidduch. And don't we, and so we're not concerned that she's not going to get married off. So why are we going to deny her the ksuba? Says the Gemara, no, 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 no. What we already know. There's a shidduch crisis here, Andrew. And therefore the male doesn't need, right, um, the, the male is not as desperate, so to speak, right? The woman is always going to want to get married, even if she's cognitively aware. And that's what's going on these days, right? You see these incredible girls. She'll go for, she'll go for uh, a guy who says he's going to law school, but really he's just making believe that he's going to law school because he's taking the fish, fish, cor- fish, cor- fish course. And he, it's just something that you could say while you're not doing much. Because who's to say you can't verify what, whether he's studying for the LSATs or not? Anyway, the point is the girl will take a guy that's less than, his, than, than her, right? And she'll just go for it regardless. She's incentivized plenty, okay? Whereas the guy, he's not, Andrew's helping all these young people. He's not, he's been, he's, he's been around that, he's heard that story before. All right. Where did I, right. Whereas the man is going to, right, take it or leave it. He's going to wait for the best shidduch to come around and therefore if somebody's going to suggest a cheresh to a man, you better have an incentive in the form of you won't have to pay ksuba. But the woman, even without the incentive, is going to be incentivized just by the fact that she's going to be able to get married. Wow. Yep, that's the reality of the situation. Let's tell a story to that effect. So, there he was. He was a cheresh, but he thought he was all that, Andrew. He was a cheresh. That didn't make him any less attractive in the shidduch Scene. Hava b'shichvusei the Rav Malkio. So in Rav Malkio's neighborhood, she b'vusei the Rav Malkio. Ansvei itzsa. Yeah, they found him a good shidduch. Total pikachas. And v'chasav la'arba me'azuzim in chasei. And sure enough, he wrote a massive. Right, he was able to, despite being a cherish, he had big bucks, and he was able to to give her a massive dowry of four hundred zuz. So I'm a Rava. Rava said, "Man chokim k'Rav Malkio." Malkio is wise. You see, you see that there's a guy in his community that did this, a cherish that paid all that money. So you see that the rabbi really knows what he's doing. Why? The gav rabbu. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good rav. Kasavar ilu ratzah shivchol shamsho milos avinen lei. Right? This was smart. It's a good investment. Why? After all, like this, the cherish wants somebody to take care of him. Right, Andrew? Somebody to take care of his needs, make his lunches and dinners, and so. If he wasn't going to get a wife, he was going to get a living. Well, how much is that going to cost? Add it up. That's going to offer, over a while, that's going to cost him a lot of money. So here, he's just taking all the money, and instead he's getting a wife, and then from that point on, he's getting it all gratis, Barry. So that, he said, was a good investment after all. That's exactly what it's saying here. That, Kasavar, Ilu Ratzar Shivcha Lashab Show, if he really wanted a living, Milo Zavinale, would he not have to pay? Of course. Nobody's going to do that for free. So, Kol Hachad, the Ikatarti, bang. You can have your cake and eat it too. Or as we say, you can eat your cake and have it too. In other words, you can have a good savings. The two benefits. What's tarty? You get your personal maid and all, all the service and lunches and dinners and laundry therein. And you get to be married also. So the 400 Zuz is a good investment, right? You want to have happy employees. So he's going to give her the money. It's out of the goodness of his heart because he doesn't have to do it. That's the point here. But it's still uh, cheaper than getting a live-in, and therefore it was a good advice. Okay, very, very PC.
Okay, I'm Rav Chiyah Ba'ashi Yamashmol. Let's go back to the Cherish. Eishas Cherish, Ein Chayovin Alea Ashem Tali. Uh-oh, Ashem Tali, what's going on? An Ashem Tali is what you bring when you don't know whether you did an Avera. Uh, you, you clearly did it B'Shogeg, right? So in other words, whereas, and this is in the Torah, it's, it's black on white. It's, a, it's an Avera, normally you'd bring a Chatas. In other words, if you knew that you did the Avera inadvertently, albeit not on purpose, right? If you did the Avera on purpose, you don't even get a Chatas. But if you didn't do an Avera on purpose, but you did it and you know that you did it, you bring a Korban Chatas. What if you don't know if you did it? So then you bring an Asham Talui, you get to bring a Korban, and that's what the Torah tells you. You want to say, you want to get psychological and mushy about it, say to lay your fears, you got OCD, you're not concerned. That, that, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're getting into now. We're just saying the Torah has a mechanism for this where you did it inadvertently and you're not sure if you did it. It's called an Asham Taloi. If you were to find out that you really did do it, you would bring the Chathas at that point. So that's why it's Taloi. It's hanging suspension in the, like, in the air like a matzo ball until you find out what's going, until you find out what really happened. But what's fascinating here is like this. You were with, okay, you inadvertently, now this is obviously a crazy case, and Rashi spells it out. Um, you were with some, you were, a man was with a woman. He did not realize that she was an Aishas Ish. Okay, so there was a show gig right there. Now, as it turns out, the Ish that we were talking about actually was what? He was a Cherish. Oh, so now this is a, wild litmus case to discuss what is, in fact, right, the Durbanan, so we said the Shota is garnished. The Shota and the women, there's, there would be no, so, so, so this is another Navkamina. We talked about Ksuba. Now you talk about Ashish Ish, right? So let's say a Shota, mar- a Shota marries a, a cognitively normal girl and then somebody else is cohabits with her. There would be no Ashish Ish there because there's no Ishish between the Shota and her. But when it comes to the Cherish, when it comes to the Cherish, there is some Ishus Durabanan. It's a very. If a man is cohabiting with the wife of this Cherish, is there an Ishus there that he has to worry about a Chatas? Well, here the question is there certainly is a suffix. So if there's a suffix, does that suffix generate an Ashim Tolui? Now, I'll say it outside first. Asham Taloi is when you have a suffix. Really, it's reserved for when you have a suffix, whether you did, you don't know. This is a little different. This is a suffix because you don't really, you're never going to find that. You don't know the status of the level of the Zika between, right, the connection between the Cherish and his cognitively normal wife. So that's not really the same kind of suffix, if it really were. And that's the Lumdus. Now we're getting a little of your Lumdus flicks this morning, uh, Barry. Where the lumdus is like this. Is it that the cherish is either cognitively all there or totally out of it, but the communication is, is uh, so masking of the condition that we don't know and therefore we're in a state of suffix and that's why we marry after Abanon? Or you'll say no. It's like a hybrid. Like he's somewhere in between and that's where he always is. So he's nishtahin and nishtahair, as they say, and, and therefore, since we're not, so that since he's like a, what we'll call a koi, which we'll see, he's like a Bainash Mashal's hybrid over here, so then maybe it's actually not really a suffix, right? It's a vadai mixture. A vadai hybrid and a suffix are two different things, 
right? That's the lumbus. A suffix means we, he's, he might be all or nothing. It's binary, right? He's either all there or all not there because suffix we're going to make a shidduch darabonon over here. Or you could say, right, that it's, no, it's a vadai hybrid. So if it's a vadai, so, so the, the asham taloi would only make sense if it's really like your mesupuk, right? So that's what the Gemara is saying now. Lema Masayale. So the fact that, that Rav Chaim Barashi says that you don't have to bring an Asham Taloi if one cohabited with this Cherish's wife, so maybe that supports Shmuel. That's the first mission in Trumos, says. Because what does he say? Chamisha lo Yisromu. Five kind of individuals don't have to take out Truma. And Vim Taruma ain't Trumasam Truma. So we're going to see. If they do Truma, it's like as if they did nothing. Ve'eluhain. So this is the first mission in Truma. Cherish of right? So they're not considered cognitively there, and therefore the Truma is nothing. The tar- and so we'll get back to that, but that's the point. If the true, if the truma of a cherish is considered nothing, so it sounds like they're cognitively nothing. And if they're cognitively nothing, so maybe, so, so maybe ain't chayavin alea asham tale. So let's see. Just to finish off the Mishnah and Trumas, you can't do Truma on that which is not yours. Even if the Israel said, do that for me, ain't Truma so Truma, right? But be that as it may, right? This indicates that he's beyond a doubt, right? Not, not considered to have any legally binding, um, right, uh, uh, wedding here. Okay. So the Gemara says, no, who the Amar Lazar? No, but maybe the Mishnah does, the reason why it does not support Shmuel is because they, with respect to Truma, it's a different thing. The Tadir is Chakamim Shmuel Belazar. The Rebbe Lazar had this din with regard to Truma. That Truma's Cherish, Lo Tetzel Lechulim, Peneshu Safeg. So we just brought the Mishnah and Truma to indicate that he's Vadai, not competent, the Cherish. And yet, Rabbi Lezer's pointing out that no, that even if he was Safeg competent, we would still not let him separate the truma. Well, now that just took all the teeth out of our raya, out of our proof, because now we're, we're back to having a suffix as to whether the cherish is in fact mentally competent. Aha. Uh-huh. So it says the Gemara, wait a minute. So now we're going to go back, and that's what we had to describe what Asham Tali really was, because a suffix, if you have a suffix, so then maybe you should have to bring an Asham Tali, because after all, that's when you bring an Asham Tali, when you have a suffix. So that is where we get into full-on, uh, right, facial lambdas. Wow, that's real lambdas. That's, that's increases also, that you'll never, right, find out. Well, what's chaticha mishtei chatichos? Well, we'll get into it. And Ksubis, we're going to get to it soon. Ksubis tafchas. Oh, wait till you see the Teisha Chanuyos. You're going to love it, Barry. But what's going on, or Daftas, what's going on is the Teisha Chanuyos, right? What, there's all different kinds of suffix is really what's going on. So there's one suffix where you say, uh-oh, I ate one of these two burgers. I know one of them was a Wasserman and one of the other one was Mickey D's. And I don't know which one it was. It was by accident. Okay, so then maybe until you find out you could do some research until you find out you bring the Asham Taloi. When you find out, you'll bring the Chatas. That, that is Chaticha Mishtei Chatichos. Right? You have a suffix, which one you did. Here, there's this inherent suffix that's never going away in the Cherish. Right? What's the example? Look at this. Right? And, and then, and in that case, you're not going to bring an Asham Taloi. And we're going to bring it out. The Gemara says, uh, right? Woe be a case. So now the Gemara is going to say, wait a minute. I'm not sure that you need that case of where 
In other words, again, right now we're saying that in order to bring an Ashim Tala, it has to be like the Mickey D's versus Wasserman's, where you have two things, you're not sure which is which. Whereas when you have this suffix all in one item, um, that's a suffix that's never going to go away. Three different explanations by Ari Leibowitz in the Achronim Chakiris as to why would be the difference between two and one. Not our discussion yet, but be that as it may, we're assuming that if it's one, you don't bring an Ashram Talai, and if it's two, that's when you bring an Ashram Talai. But now the Gemara is going to question that, and the Gemara says, does it have to only be an Ashram Talai when there's two pieces? We have a Bryser, what's a Koi? Suffolk Chaya, Suffolk Behema. It's a hybrid. It's one entity, that's a hybrid. What's the significance of the hybrid? Well, Chaylev, you're not allowed to eat. Shuman, you are allowed to eat, right? Fat. If it's chelev, you're not allowed to eat it, but that's only if it's a behema berry, because a behema goes on the mizbeach, and therefore it's the chelev of a behema that can't be eaten bechulin. The chelev of a behema can't be eaten bechulin, but the chelev of a chayyeh there is no such thing. Chayyeh doesn't go on the mizbeach berry, and therefore there is no such distinction between chelev and shuman with a chayyeh. There's only a distinction of chelev and shuman with a behema. Well, guess what? Here we have a koi. We have an animal that's a suffolk chayyeh, suffolk behema, and you ate its fat. And now you don't know. Am I eating Shuman or am I eating Chalev? It's if a Behema, maybe it's Chalev. And therefore I would have to be bringing a Khatas. If it's a Chaya, then it's not Chalev. And therefore, what do you do? Who? Chayavan al Chalba Ashem Talay. How do you like that? You're going to bring an Ashem Talay even though it's only one entity. So, so what are you going to say? Shmuel, Safar, Kerbalazar, Bechada, Polygolai, Bechada. Okay. Well, maybe you hold like Rabbalazar with regards to the definition of Ashem Talay. But you're gonna hold, but you're not gonna hold like him with respect to how he holds like Truma. And therefore, that's how you reconcile it. You know, Shmuel doesn't have to hold like him for everything. And now we're just gonna say the same argument, but the other way. The same thing, we're going back. And again, the Cherish, that's the question. Is, there's a suffix. Does he know what's going on and we just don't know? Or is he like a koi where he's like a hybrid knowing what's going on? So, Mesve. And so there we said, we brought back, if you, when you bring back up the concept of the Cheresh and the Yashem Talai, in the second version, we brought up the Chamisha Loi Troma, the first Mishnah in Trumas, right, as a question on that issue, because it looks like the Truma of the Cheresh is completely, right, garnished, because it looks like he has no cognitive ability at all. And then in that second version, again, we came back with Savar Lakar Abilazar, Abilazar, that, no, that even if it were me Suffolk, he would not bring the, the, he would not allow them to take off the truma, and therefore that's why the cherish, again, could be viewed as a suffix, and the Mishnah and truma is not really, just because he doesn't bring a truma, right, we're not, we don't let him take off truma, is not necessarily, not necessarily a raya as to a total lack of cognitive ability, but rather even if there was a suffix of cognitive ability, he would not be able to bring truma, and therefore we're left with a suffix as to what is our deal with this cherish. So now two lines up from the bottom of Kufiud Gimel Amad Aleph. Bar Rabashi, my time of the Rebbe Lazar. Why the Rebbe Lazar hold that the cherish is questionable, right? So Mifsha Pshitale the cherish daita klishtahu. So now the Gemara is literally going to spell out the lambdas here. Are we saying that it's obvious that the cherish? Again, you look at the cherish and he's not really responsive, so we don't know. Is there somebody home in there and fully cognitive? We just can't access it, like Helen Keller. Helen Keller, by the way, was the was not the teacher, right? That was the pupil. She became very, very famous. 
It was Sullivan. She was the teacher. It's very impressive indeed. Yeah. But anyway, so Helen Keller was brilliant, right? But she was in there. Nobody else but Sullivan was able to access. So is that what a cherish is? Full cognitive ability that's inaccessible? Or we look at it as if, oh, this person is mentally diminished. Uh, so that's the question, right? Do we look at this person and say, we know that there's cognitive uh, deficit? Or, right? Or, as we get to Ahmed Bey's, or is it possibly Helen Keller in there? We just can't access it and we don't know. So what's the difference? Right? But really, it's really one. So it's like this. In other words, but really it's binary, meaning it's either she's there or she's not in there, and we just don't know. Or maybe it's Pashut that it, there's a deficit and not mental clarity. And that's the reason Rebbe Lazar is in doubt. Ah, right? They look, sometimes it looks like maybe there's health there, sometimes not. And that is why Rebelezer is, is misopic. He's in doubt whether Cherish has the mental competence to separate Truma. In other words, he doesn't know if there's nobody home. In other words, if there was nobody home at all, then certainly they can't do Truma. But if he knew that Helen Keller was in there, so then certainly he would let her uh, separate Truma, so to speak. Right? So the Mayanaf Kamina, what would be the difference? That's exactly. Ishto beget. In other words, would, would you send out the wife of a cherish with a get. So what's going on with a get? So as we've said, a get needs to have some cognitive ability. So he amas chadadaitahu, right? If you say that, that like a cherish, right, has some, that it's one, that there is one uh, consistent mental deficit, then kikidushin kachgerishin. That's the point. In other words, if it's sometimes there, sometimes not there. So that's the other possibility, that ebbs and flows. So this is a fascinating concept. That if you know that there's one, this is what it means. Chadadaita means like this. There's a consistent mental deficit in this cherish. Well, guess what? If there's a consistent mental deficit, then whatever you cognitive ability you needed for the Kiddushin, the same cognitive ability would be necessary for the Gerushin because it's the same amount of cognitive awareness. So therefore, Kiddushin, Kach Gerushin. The concern is as follows. V'yamet itim. So again, it's like, it's for, it's for, Right? A cherish male. The cherish male, right, is going to have a certain amount of cognitive awareness that he's going to need to marry the woman and a certain amount of cognitive awareness he's going to need to divorce her. But if it's consistent, then it's the same throughout. He can get married, he can get divorced. However, if it's inconsistent, sometimes he knows, sometimes he doesn't know. So we're concerned is as follows. Sometimes he knows, sometimes he doesn't know. Then We're concerned that the level of mental awareness that he had at the Kiddushin, now we have to match it with the Gerushin. So what if he had the Kiddushin when he was in, in, into it, and now he's out of it, and we can't tell the difference, therefore we should never be able to let him get divorced, as we'll see. Right? Because you need the same level of cognitive awareness in the divorce that you had in the Kiddushin. And therefore the Gemara asks, my, and what... Then is Revelazar going to say with regards to that matter and take one? And that is really an unresolved issue. Uh, okay, so now two dots, eight lines down, Nishtes. So now we're talking about now a, oh, so that's where we're going to pick up, because this, this part of the Gemara is easy, because it's already 624. So uh, we fell quite a bit behind, but we have a good basis over here to start eight lines down with this Nishtes and all of those cases 
at least in terms of the topic, are going to all be similar to each other. So it's really a good place to stop. Now I'm talking to Andrew. I'm trying to talk him off the ledge. But it's a good place to stop. Because Rosh Hashem, tomorrow we will uh, already be in the Indian. We'll be able to move and catch up a bit.